Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park successful why is tony khan running his promotion better than vince mcmahon and bruce pritchard are running monday night and friday night long term booking Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for September 5th, 2022. Everybody had fun today on Labor Day. This is your Monday Night Raw review right here on Off The Script. I am JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be, man. We're all aboard! We're all aboard, man. The Strowman Express is back. Where's everybody's excitement about Braun Strowman being back in WWE, man? I can't wait to see everybody's fucking disappointment about Braun Strowman being back. And here I thought we were moving away from Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard. Of all the fucking people that we bring back, Braun Strowman, <laughs> Braun Strowman's back with his fucking like he's going on some fucking wild ride Braun Strowman back in the WWE man Jesus fucking Christ if I gotta hear one more person tell me we'll give it a chance Triple H is in charge now really Really? The last time I saw Braun Strowman on WWE TV, he was in a fucking feud with Shane McMahon. The time I saw Braun Strowman before that on TV, he was destroying the tag team division. Which one of those things happened tonight? It's like I'm watching a fucking rerun. This shit sucks. I feel like, I really feel like we're back in uh, seven weeks ago, eight weeks ago, watching Monday Night. What's next? What's next? Of all the guys you bring back and want to give money to, this is the guy you bring back? What happened to controlling his narrative? Maybe he should learn to control his fucking footing. Guy slipping all over the place, man. Slip and slide out there on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, what a return. Braun Strowman had quite the derailing on Monday Night Raw, pulling a Titus O'Neil in his first day back. Great. 
Great. I'm sure everybody's fucking pleased about Braun Strowman being back, man. What a complete waste, a colossal waste of time. Who booked this show? From what I saw, it looked like Triple H took the fucking holiday off. He's like, yeah, you know what, Bruce? I'm going on vacation with Stephanie McMahon. We got to barbecue back in uh, back in Greenwich. Don't worry about it. Take, take over, man. Yeah, we're going to fire you anyway, but uh, just take over, man. I want to give you guys a little, uh, a little gift before we get rid of them. You fucking kidding me? Really didn't feel like Triple H booked this show at all. That was the big story of the night. Braun Strowman back. What he does, I don't know. Unfortunately, we're going to have to watch him on Friday, too, because he's going to SmackDown. He's going back to SmackDown. I don't know what he's doing on SmackDown, but apparently he's going to give us more of... Roman, I'm not done with you yet. We got to hear about that. More from Braun Strowman on Friday Night SmackDown. I can't wait. I can't wait. We can't get enough of him on Monday. They got to put him back on fucking Friday, too. Dexter Loomis. This Dexter Loomis Miz storyline, it's it's gotta get to the next point in what it's trying to tell me. I don't know where we're going. I don't know why we're targeting the Miz. I don't know why Dexter Loomis is out here choking Miz out, abducting the Miz. Who is he working for? What is his business here? Who's letting him in the building? How is he getting underneath the ring? I don't know. I gave you, I gave you guys my thoughts on it. If Champa is not working with Dexter Loomis, I'd be shocked. <laughs> Tommaso Champa. Seeing that he got his first name back. Something right happened on this show. Tommaso Champa is now once again Tommaso Champa. It's great. I feel like Champa is working with Dexter Loomis in some way, shape, or form. As we saw in the Steel Cage match, he still has something out for The Miz. Bobby Lashley defending the United States title against The Miz in the main event of this show. Why? I don't know. I don't know. It was more so for two reasons. One, Triple H wants to really enhance the United States Championship, which he has done very nicely and kind of got that point across tonight with Bobby Lashley being in there for 20 minutes against The Miz in a steel cage match. Number two, he really wants to get the Monday Night Raw feel of the United States Championship being the title on that on that brand, even though I, I, I think we're well past that, to be quite honest with you. I think the United States Championship is going to have to be the championship that everybody chases because it doesn't look like Roman Reigns is losing that championship anytime soon. It doesn't. So he's got Bobby Lashley in the United States Championship. Bobby Lashley looking great as the guy and the championship looking like it is the world championship on Monday night. And they just wanted the visual of Dexter Loomis in the steel cage with Miz and Dexter Loomis coming underneath the ring and while Miz is climbing the top of the cage, looking down at Dexter Loomis underneath the fucking ring from top of the cage. That's the only reason why there was a steel cage match tonight. It's better presented now than it was, but it still ain't doing anything for me. It's not. Kevin Owens continues to be the best thing on this show. I'm loving what they're doing with Kevin Owens. They're really giving him time to shine in the ring. They're giving him time to shine on the microphone. Uh, he really preyed on a weakened Austin Theory tonight. And Austin Theory, after what happened to him at Clash of the Castle, he got punched in the fucking jaw by Tyson Fury. 
gives him a reason there to take another L, which, I mean, that's just the the current state of Austin theory right now. No matter who, who's booking this show, he's just a loser. But Kevin Owens continues to be a big proponent of Monday Night Raw. Makes me wonder what they're doing with Kevin Owens. Are they really setting him and Sami Zayn up for the Usos, or are they really setting Kevin Owens up for Roman Reigns? Is what I want to know. It's a very interesting discussion there. Are they setting Kevin Owens up for Roman Reigns next? Because there's a lot of Roman Reigns talk. There's a lot of, you know, this is his show. And it was 18 months ago where he challenged Roman Reigns. And if Jay Uso didn't interfere, he'd be the universal champion. And he would he would have put a stop to Roman Reigns' memorable run. There's a lot of Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns seeds being planted. So I'm wondering what's going to happen there. Roman Reigns, we don't know when he's going to go back and defend that title. We don't know where he's going to defend that title next. I'm assuming it's not going to be at Extreme Rules. I'm assuming it's not going to be until Survivor Series. I don't know what they're doing. Another thing, mentioning the Survivor Series, another thing that crossed my mind, WWE is being very lenient with the interpromotional fucking bouncing between Raw and SmackDown. Is there a brand split or is there no brand split? Braun Strowman's on Raw. He's going to Friday Night SmackDown. We got all these tag teams coming over from SmackDown to compete on Monday Night Raw. The New Day just waltz on into Monday Night. The Street Profits just waltz on in to Monday Night. They're SmackDown teams. Los Lotharios just waltz right on in to Monday Night Raw. Is there a split or is there no split? I need to know. A Nikki Ash. <laughs> So, what's her name, man, really? What, what is, I keep forgetting it every fucking week, man. What? Trash. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. My journalistic integrity, man, failed you. I'm sorry. Um, Trash. I, okay, I got trash. Nikki Trash is apparently trashing the gimmick, hopefully. Maybe. Supposedly. Looks like she's splitting away from Doe Drop. So, we'll see what happens there. Not like it really fucking matters because the tag team division in the women's division is basically non-existent. So who gives a shit if Joe Drop and Nikki Trash are broken up and they're no longer a team, man? You won't see me shed a single fucking tear. I could not give a single shit. But I'm glad Nikki Ash is about to move on to a better gimmick, hopefully. Maybe we get that NXT Nikki and she just goes crazy. So we'll see what happens with that. Other than that, like I said on Twitter, man, this was a largely skippable show. It was a largely forgettable show. Nothing really happened that got me excited about next week's show. Honestly, to me, and I said this not too long ago, I believe it was last week's show, probably the weakest show under the Triple H administration, we got two very subpar weeks back-to-back for the Triple H administration, man. I don't know. I don't know. Not very pleased with Monday night after what was a very, very, very busy weekend. And it's only going to continue to get a lot busier for WWE because next week it's Monday Night Football. And if they put this kind of shit on next week, Triple H ain't going to be getting those 2.1 ratings that he's been getting the last couple of weeks. It's going to have to step it up. Tonight, not good. I appreciate you guys joining me on your Monday nights, guys.
We had an absolutely tremendous weekend. Clash of the Castle, we did 4,000 live viewers on a Saturday afternoon. Tremendous. All out. I'm sitting here in this very chair at 3 o'clock in the morning, and we still had nearly 4,000 people watching me live with Jesse. It's crazy. MJF returned last night at All Out. CM Punk and the Elites got into a verbal and physical backstage altercation after CM Punk absolutely set the media scrum on fire. I don't know what the fuck is going on. A lot of people were like, well, JD, why didn't you go live with all the news coming out about it? Bro, if I didn't take the fucking afternoon off, my head would have exploded. I needed to step away. I knew I was coming on here for Monday night, and that was it. I can't be on top of everything at every waking second, man. I wanted to just sit down and have everything come down, honestly. If you missed any of that stuff, man, everything is live on the homepage. Go and check it out. Clash of the Castle, all out. Anything you missed last week, it's all there. Thank you for all the support. Thank you to everybody that has donated via Super Chats. I know Osakwi was incredible with $500 bombs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, man. Angel Alaga, Cam G, my VIPs, you really stepped up with the Super Chats. Thank you guys so very much. And tonight, they're always open. You guys want to sound off? Let me know what you think. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Memberships are still open. Always open. Hit that join button. Make sure you guys become a VIP right here on OTS. I got seven new emotes coming to you guys for all VIPs in just a few weeks. They're in development right now. Two new badges for 36 and 48 months. Great stuff. So sign up and become a VIP right here on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. We are almost at 10,000 followers on TikTok. Appreciate you guys very, very much. Also, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Honey. Join honey.com slash off the script. You guys are going to use the free web browser, Honey, and save some money when you're shopping online at your favorite online retail shops. Join honey.com slash off the script. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Let's start at the top, man. Monday Night Raw opened up with Edge. Edge opens us up here on Labor Day. Made his ring entrance. Ed had a tr- Edge had a tremendous clash to the castle. His entrance on Saturday afternoon was quite memorable, man. 60,000 people singing Alter Bridge. Gotta love it, man. My favorite band being represented like that in Cardiff. Everybody singing along to one of their more memorable songs. It's incredible. He made his ring entrance. And they aired the replay of Dominic Mysterio turning on his dad and Edge on Saturday night. So, I talked about this on Saturday. I thought the heel turn of Dominic was very nicely done. I really I really was very pleased with how everything went off. Edge played it great with the low blow. The clothesline by Dominic on his father looked fantastic. And it's just playing into giving him a little bit more character. And that's exactly what he needed. 
is he a right fit for Judgment Day? I don't know. We'll find out. But I know the pairing of Dominic and Rhea Ripley is something that a lot of people are embracing online. They're, they're really kind of finding similarities to Eddie Guerrero and China with Dominic and Rhea Ripley. Now, that may sound a little ridiculous to you, but I like that comparison because Dominic can really be molded into a better version of himself with Rhea Ripley there, and he's going to be more over because of it with the online fans. I think that's going to be great. And she mentioned something tonight, you know, whatever Poppy wants, Poppy gets. I I like that, man. I love that Rhea Ripley is embracing this character and this dark side. This is exactly what she needed to be. If you guys remember Rhea Ripley, she was smiling all over the place coming out there. I mean, Rhea Ripley looks like she's getting ready for a fucking Cannibal Corpse concert, and she's out here smiling with big pearly whites as if she's fucking auditioning for a goddamn Aquafresh ad. No thank you. She's got chains and spikes and this and that, looking like she could fucking rip your throat out. And she's out here smiling and fucking waving to everybody and shaking grandma's hand and fucking carrying the old lady's purse uh, or groceries across the fucking street, putting the groceries in the lady's uh, trunk. Give me a break. It's ridiculous. We don't need that Rhea Ripley. This is Rhea Ripley. I'm finally getting to a point where I'm appreciating what she's doing because she's allowed to be herself now. And I think that's going to rub off nicely on Dominic. So I like the pairing. Dominic in Judgment Day might actually work and give him another layer that we haven't really seen from Dominic Mysterio. Edge, he is in the ring, and he talked about how he was used to hanging out with Dominic in in, in catering, and this was going back to when he was a kid. He talked about how close he's been for years to his family, including staying at their house when he's in San Diego. I know he raised you better than that, meaning Ray raising Dominic, He said he and his dad can hash it out however they want, but he isn't looking at him like the kid he watched growing up, but rather he's treating him like a WWE superstar. A man's game plays a man's price. So he looked into the camera. Edge was very upset about what Dominic had done to him at Clash of the Castle. He called him to the ring and said, they're not going to talk. I'm going to beat your ass. Get down here right now. So instead of Dominic coming out, Rey Mysterio comes out. He walked out, and he was obviously very saddened about what had happened and how it's gotten to this point with Edge wanting to legitimately beat the shit out of Rey Mysterio's son. Rey begged Edge not to do anything because he's still my son. Edge told Rey he loves his son, but he's old enough to drink. He's old enough to drive. He's old enough to wrestle. So now he's old enough to face the consequences of his actions So he looked towards the aisleway and yelled again, get your ass out here right now. So Edge continued to yell, and Rhea Ripley's music played. She walked out with a microphone. She started laughing and told Edge to calm down. She says he's got what was coming to him. She told Edge that he thought he could just replace Dominic like he didn't even matter. She said Ray thought he could protect his baby boy, but he's not his baby boy anymore. She said she saw the potential in him, and she made him into a man. Now, whatever that means, get your mind out of the gutter. Get your mind out of the gutter. She made Dominic into a man. Out comes Dominic. He's dressed in all black. He's got this black button-up shirt, 
black dress pants and shoes, his hair is slicked back like he's going to come out and fucking, it, it almost looked like he was a vampire. He wasn't really vampire-esque, but he was dressed like he was, you know, starring for the lead role in Blade. All black, slicked back hair. He looked great. Wright told Dominic to snap out of this and make things right with Edge. Ripley asked when Ray will get it through his thick skull that Dominic isn't listening to him anymore. She told Edge he's past his prime because he can't stop his judgment day. Ray walked up to Dominic in the aisleway and pleaded with him not to do this. Dom wouldn't even look at his father. So Dom is not embracing his dad whatsoever. Some fans were chanting, Eddie's son, Eddie's son. Ray hung his head in disgust and left. Ripley looked at Edge, smiled at Edge, with her hand on Dom's shoulder. Finn Balor and Damian Priest came from behind trying to attack Edge two-on-one. Edge held his own at first, but then Dominic clipped Edge from behind with a shot block. Ray then came back to the ring and told Dominic to get out of his way. Dominic didn't move, so he came back down the aisleway, and Dominic blocked his father from getting in the ring as the beatdown on Edge commenced. So... Edge is in there with Priest. He got us south of heaven. Priest held Edge down with his leg in a chair as Balor left off the top rope with a flying knee. Edge obviously clutching his knee because they pilmanized his leg with the steel chair. I thought this was fine. I thought this was a nice follow-up to what we saw at Clash of the Castle. I don't know where it's going. I could tell you what I think is going to happen when we get a little bit later on into the review because... Rey Mysterio was interviewed in regards to his son and what potentially could be happening. You know, I don't know where people want this to go. I don't know how it's going to end. I would figure that, you know, obviously with Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, and now Dominic in Judgment Day losing at Clash of the Castle, but the heel turn happened immediately after the match that we'd see somewhat of this coming to a close because I think we've done all that we can with Edge and Ray against Judgment Day, and they'd still be lingering about. And now, obviously, it's for the custody or the protection or them saving Dominic from despair of Judgment Day. I don't know where we're going with this, but I'm still as interested in it as I was before we got to Clash of the Castle when we were talking about a potential heel turn. I really want them to go all out, balls to the wall, with Dominic going full Judgment Day, dark side, not giving a shit. And it looks like we're getting Edge versus Dominic Mysterio in a one-on-one match next week, which should be interesting. If Dominic can't wrestle Edge and Edge can't bring out a great match with Dominic there, I I don't know what Dominic has to do. I don't know what else that Dominic can do, to be quite honest with you. Because he's not really that. He's not really somebody that I want to see on television, but the potential is there with this Judgment Day stable. So I'm going to reserve my judgment, and I want to see where this goes, but I like the Rhea Ripley and Dominic pairing, and I do think that this is going to be the best move for us. So this was a good follow-up, and I think Dominic being a heel is going to be much better than him just staying around and being in the shadows of, you know, Rey Mysterio, his father, and taking after his father and doing everything that his father used to do now, in 2022, no. Now, I, I think the best course of action here is to get Dominic away from his father and have Dominic be his own person. 
And that's looking like where we're going. We got Sarah Schreiber. This was a clip earlier in the day. Ms. and Champa were arriving in the parking lot. She asked about Dexter Loomis appearing to be in the backseat of his SUV last week. He did not want to talk about it at all. Ms. said he drove home and relaxed and anything else I don't want to talk about. So he drove home and Dexter Loomis was in the rental van that we saw last week with the Miz. Did he allow the Miz to walk into his home and did he spy on the Miz sitting on his couch with Maurice? Did they welcome Dexter Loomis into their home? Did they watch a new movie on HBO Max with a fucking bowl of popcorn spread out between all three? I don't know. Apparently, he doesn't want to talk about anything regarding Dexter Loomis. No idea. They haven't even dropped a single hint of what this could possibly be with Miz not wanting to talk about it. So she tried to act and ask a follow-up question. Champa said all journalists like her are just trying to stir up drama. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sounds like a bunch of the fucking geeks that were at the all-out media scrum after the pay-per-view. Miz asked if she ever considered asking how he's doing. She did. He said it's none of her business, and he's going to win the United States title tonight against Bobby Lashley. Miz was distracted by the fact that he continued to walk, and he sees this car, this vehicle, overturned on its head upside down. Now, it could be one of two things. Clearly, it could be Dexter Loomis because the last time we saw Dexter Loomis, he was sending everybody in WWE frantically running backstage because there was a crashed vehicle backstage several weeks ago on Monday Night Raw. Could it be Dexter Loomis? Yes. Yes. I'm not saying that it wasn't Dexter Loomis, but it definitely could be Dexter Loomis. The other man that this vehicle could represent and I said it online, on Twitter, could be Braun Strowman. Now, people were like, well, why do you think it's Braun Strowman, J.D.? It could be Dexter Loomis. Well, Braun Strowman's M.O. is overturning vehicles and was basically a seed planted for what was to come in the following segment. So, yes, I do think the overturned vehicle was a, it, it was a, I guess, visual to get you ready for Braun Strowman being back in WWE. But it also could have been Dr. Loomis. The New Day. They're on Monday Night Raw. Why? I don't know. 
Brand split doesn't exist. Nobody has any questions as to why the brand split is just so lackadaisical. New Day. This is Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Last time we saw them was on Friday. They lost a Viking rules match in very, very dominating fashion to the Viking Raiders. So they are a bunch of losers. I want you guys to keep that in mind. The New Day is on Monday Night Raw about to compete in a fatal four-way number one contendership for the tag team titles. New Day is on Raw. Nobody says why. Nobody asks why. And they're in a number one contenders match. Why? I don't know. They lost on Friday. Then we got the Alpha Academy. Last time we saw the Alpha Academy, they were losing to the Street Profits. They lost to the Street Profits last week in Pittsburgh with Kurt Angle sitting at ringside while Street Profits and Kurt Angle shared ice-cold milk after they beat the Alpha Academy. Alpha Academy are a bunch of losers. Los Lotharios. When was the last time they even wrestled a fucking tag team match? That's right. They wrestled the Maximum... Actually, no, they didn't wrestle the Maximum Male Models. It was uh, Hit Row that wrestled Maximum Male Models. We're getting Los Lotharios versus Maximum Male Models coming up in the next couple of episodes of SmackDown. Maybe a big eight-on-eight tag team match. But they haven't wrestled a two-on-two tag team match since before Triple H has taken over. So why are they even here? So we got the New Day, losers. We got Alpha Academy, losers. Los Lotharios, by default, losers, because they haven't really been featured in anything on TV outside of a couple of vignettes with Hit Row and Maximum Male Models. And then we got the Street Profits. The only team in this fatal four-way who have won a match. They won against Alpha Academy last week. So they are the only team here that is not a group of losers. Fatal four-way, number one contendership here. This match was completely destroyed. This match and anything that happened in it did not matter whatsoever. This was all a setup for the return of Braun Strowman. That was basically it. So the match is going on. It goes 14 minutes or so. We get some decent action. Fatal four-way number one contenders match. Braun Strowman comes out. You hear his old WWE theme. And he walks down the aisle. He's got red pants on. I will say this about Braun Strowman. He looks fucking incredible. He looks great. But that's all I'll say about Braun Strowman. He looks great. He fits the narrative. He controlled his narrative. Do I want to see him back on WWE television? The answer is no. Is he going to make WWE TV better? No. He's not. I'll tell you what I do with Braun Strowman in a second. But does he make WWE TV better? No. WWE has done everything and anything with Braun Strowman. There is nothing new that WWE could give us with Braun Strowman. The ceiling, the very short ceiling, has been met with Braun Strowman. There isn't a fucking vehicle that he hasn't overturned. There hasn't been a gurney. He hasn't thrown off a fucking loading dock. There hasn't been an object backstage that he hasn't destroyed. But I'm told by geeks online... Give it a chance. Be patient. This is Triple H and not Vince McMahon. 
I'm sorry, Triple H is not Jesus Christ. Triple H is not a miracle worker. Triple H is not a fucking magician. Okay? He's great at what he does. Don't get me wrong. But there are people that I want to see him work with, and then there are people that I don't want to see him work with. One of those people I don't want to see him work with is Braun Strowman, because there's nothing redeeming about Braun Strowman. We're here to make the show better. Braun Strowman does not make the show better. Now, for the fucking geeks out there that want to argue that Braun Strowman and his value is going to bring great value to Monday Night Raw because he's going to sell merchandise and the fucking kids love him and listen to the reaction that he got. I mean, Jesus Christ, man, you could trot out anybody after not seeing them for fucking nine months and they'd get the same reaction that Braun Strowman got. It doesn't matter. You could have put anybody in that spot and they would have gotten that reaction. But if you're genuinely sitting there looking at me, telling me, I'm excited about Braun Strowman, you're a fucking liar. We're here to make the show better. We're not here to ingest Braun Strowman on the fucking fans' eyes in the Triple H era. No, I'm sorry. This is a huge L by Paul Levesque. A huge L. He's had a couple of L's. Not too many, but this is the biggest L of all. Braun Strowman being back is a big L. Now, I love the people that tell me, you know, JD, give it a chance. Give it a chance. You're going to see difference with Braun Strowman under Triple H. Really now? Really now? We're going to see different with Braun Strowman uh, under Triple H, right? What did they go and do? They gave you the New Day, which is one of the best tag teams of all time. They gave you the Street Profits. They gave you Los Lotharios. And they gave you Alpha Academy, four tag teams. The WWE tag team division might as well exist with these four tag teams and the Usos. That's it. This is your entire tag team division until I see Triple H absolutely go out there and make change. And really make tag team wrestling a priority in the cut. This was your entire tag team division. So for all the fucking people out there that tell me give it a chance, be patient. What did they do with Braun Strowman back in WWE? They did the same thing that he's done quite a few times under Vince McMahon. Vince has sent him out there to destroy tag teams eight on one. This is not the first time we've seen eight men try and capitalize over Braun Strowman. This is not the first time Braun Strowman has run through a fucking tag team division all by himself. This was pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And this is not what we need on Monday Night Raw. Now, granted, tag team wrestling isn't where it needs to be, but that doesn't mean you got to send four of your tag teams that could be a huge part of your blooming division in the Triple H administration, that doesn't mean send him out there and have all these guys fucking get massacred. Absolutely shit booking. How many times have I fucking told you that we need to fix tag team wrestling in this company? This didn't seem like a Bruce... This, 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 this didn't seem like a Paul Levesque segment. This seemed like this had Bruce Pritchard's DNA all over it. I thought Triple H was going to give us something new. All I heard was that Triple H was not going to bring anybody back to television unless there was a clear-cut plan for them. 
this was Triple H and Braun Strowman with a fucking clear-cut plan? I don't think so. This reeked of Bruce Pritchard. Reeked. You don't do that to the tag team division. You don't. I don't give a fuck who it is. You don't do that. This guy's out there. He's fucking power slamming people. And he looks good. He does the fucking thing in the air. And then he does... Jumping around, fucking roaming around the ring, running around the ring. He derails himself, trips over himself, puts someone through the fucking barricade, and he's in there and he's taking out every single tag team that's in this match. Why? Why? That's all I have to ask. Why? Now he's back on Monday night. WWE got rid of Braun Strowman. Because Vince McMahon took a liking. His new flavor of the month was Omos. Another fucking talentless hack. He would rather Omos on TV and they got rid of Braun Why do I need Braun Strowman on TV when I have Omos who's making a lot less money and who's larger than Braun Strowman? We can teach him to do exactly what Braun Strowman did. Just think of it that way. They got rid of Braun Strowman for budget cuts. Braun Strowman was making a lot of money, right? But they felt like they could turn Omos into Braun Strowman. He's bigger than Braun Strowman. We could teach this guy to do exactly what Braun did and pay him a lot less money. That's how, that's how useless Braun Strowman is. If you want to take somebody like Omos and turn him into Braun Strowman and you thinking that that is easily attainable, how fucking terrible is Braun Strowman? What do you expect to see out of Braun Strowman on Monday Night Raw? What? Yeah, I'm clamoring for a Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman match. Said nobody ever. Who are you clamoring to see in the ring with Braun Strowman? Who? Who do you want to see? Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns again? Give me a break. No, we're not going. We're not running that back. I know Roman needs opponents, but we're not running that shit back. That shit's been done and over with. We don't need to see. Roman is so beyond that, it's not even fucking funny. It's not. The only, only, only thing I would do with Braun Strowman is get him on Friday night, and I'd have him be absolutely fed to Gunther. That was it. That is the only thing I could see Braun Strowman doing and being successful at and really be valuable for. In the WWE. Put him in a match for the Intercontinental title. I believe he's held the Intercontinental Championship once, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I'm not here with fucking stats on Braun Strowman. I mean, give me a fucking break. But him and Gunther, I honestly think, could be something that really would be entertaining. That's the only thing I would do with him. Other than that, this guy is absolutely fucking useless. This guy is a useless hack. On WWE television. He is the very personification of everything old that we do not need moving forward from the Vince McMahon era. He is basically a product of the Vince and Bruce era of WWE. And now everybody wants this back on WWE television. Oh, he's gonna sell merchandise. Oh, he's gonna get the casuals over. He's gonna get, he's gonna give uh, the, 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 the crowds that casual pop. The kids are gonna love him. Fuck it. I don't give a shit. 
You can get that same time that that same type of reaction with anybody. Just got to put some fucking effort into it. You get that same type of reaction with fucking Ricochet. Fucking he brought Strowman back. There's absolutely nobody clamoring to see Braun Strowman against anybody in WWE. I said he's probably used best in a faction role being a muscle or being a heavy or being a background player. We are well beyond Braun Strowman being any sort of main event talent. But if you guys want that, by all means, all that says to me is that you're asking for shit that we saw in the Vince McMahon era back in the Triple H era, and I don't, I don't need to hear that. I don't, I don't stand for that shit at all. Tag team divisions like this need to be built, and it needs to be cultivated into something special because WWE has it within them to make this tag team division great. Meanwhile, you got Braun Strowman out here destroying eight fucking guys for absolutely no reason. And the one thing that I was asking myself is, why are these teams in this match? Where are the Viking Raiders? After this shit was over, I was saying to myself, well, thank God the Viking Raiders weren't here. Now we got the reason why the Viking Raiders weren't in this shit. They've been positioned as a top-tier tag team for weeks now. Thank God they weren't here and didn't suffer the Braun Strowman effect. Tag team wrestling should be treated better. This was an absolute disgrace for WWE to go back and do the same thing that they always did with Braun Strowman. This was terrible. Absolutely ridiculous. Moving on. Now that I got that out of my system, you can expect the Strowman... Stupid! You know? Here I am, going back to fucking... I feel like a bad comedian. Gotta go back to my old jokes. Jesus fucking Christ. No contest. Strowman beat everybody up at ringside. Moving on. Raquel Rodriguez. Another one. Funny how we go from brawn to... <laughs> Raquel! Smiley Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. So funny, man, that we go from brawn to... <laughs> you know, the, the nice little... Uh, the, the, the couple here. We got brawn and Raquel, man. Nice little item they are, right? Back to back. Glad they're happy. His lady... Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah against Dodrop and Nikki. The fuck is her name, man? Trash. Okay, I'm sorry. Listen, I, a typo here. I may need my glasses, man. I can't find. Wait, 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 what is her name? I can't see it. What is her name? Trash. Okay, I'm. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I needed a little extra fucking. Uh, UV lighting here. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't see. Raquel Rodriguez versus uh, and Aaliyah. It might as well be Raquel versus Aaliyah's fucking waste. A waste of a tag team partner is Aaliyah. The fuck is she out there for? Holy shit. Rodriguez wrestled most of this match by herself as, as uh, part of the course here with this new tag team championship reign that they're on. So the match went less than four minutes, very, very short, which I guess is a smart thing because nobody wants to see Aaliyah wrestle. Um, basically, 
basically, Damage Control was watching this match from the back because they're eyeing the tag team titles. Rodriguez got in there, and she hit a Tejana bomb on Dodrop. The heels isolated Aaliyah, cut her portion of the ring off from her. Rodriguez got the hot tag, tossed Nikki around. Rodriguez caught Nikki with a fallaway slam. Rodriguez tried to lift Dodrop, but she ended up breaking free. uh, Dodrop hit a senton and then went for her Vader bomb. Aaliyah jumped Nikki at ringside. Dodrop was distracted, which allowed Rodriguez to hit the Tejana bomb again for the one, two, three. And that was it. Or not again. She got she got one Tejana bomb on on Dodrop for the one, two, three. Uh, I I don't really I, I don't really understand wh- what's going on with this. I I, I don't. After uh, I believe all of this was over, they teased that we could see a split between Nikki and Dodrop. I don't really understand why anybody would fucking care about this, but this is where they may be headed. So during Monday Night Raw, Nikki Ash and Dodrop lost to Raquel and Aaliyah. Later in the show, as damage control was shown walking backstage, I might as well talk about this now and get it over with. I don't even give a shit. They're walking backstage towards the ring, and you could see Nikki and Dodrop arguing. This is not the first time we've seen this backstage. You could also see Nikki take her mask off and throw it in Dodrop's face before walking away. Now, this isn't, the, this isn't the first time that they teased issues between them. Last week on Friday Night SmackDown, Dodrop and Nikki were seen arguing in the background during an interview segment with Sonya Deville and Natalia. There were also teases of a split in the early days of this tag team for a few months, but then Vince McMahon dropped uh, the storyline or whatever they were planning on doing with them. Now it looks like the split is happening soon, and tossing of the mask by Nikki Ash maybe an indication that a character makeover for Nikki is on its way. Good. Good. We got her parading around out there like a fucking comic book hero who is nothing more than a loser. She, she looks like she should be on a comic strip in uh, some fucking uh, children's book age, ages uh, nine months to uh, 18 months, whatever. You know, ages one to three. She looks like a fucking, she looks like such a childish nimrod out there. All these weeks, Nikki Ash, the gimmick never got over. For all the people like, oh, she's going to get it over. She's going to make it good. She's going to make it successful. No, she didn't. She didn't make anything successful. It was new. It was fresh. It was the flavor of the week for Vince McMahon. And then before you knew it, she lost the title. Back to Charlotte. Nobody gave a shit about Nikki Ash ever again. They treated her like a fucking loser. Don't worry about it. You could lose as long as you're uh, confident in yourself or whatever the fuck she was going on about. Give me a break. A loser is a loser. You lost your title. That means you're a loser. And Dodrop, I mean, I don't understand what they're doing with her. She apparently has talked, this is what I read, I don't know how true this is, there has been discussions about potential creative plans for her to go back maybe and change her name and really drop this Dodrop gimmick, which, you know, she'll say it's all her idea and she wants to get that name over, but let's be real, this was a Vince McMahon idea 
and the name sucks. The name is never the name Joe Drop is never gonna headline a WrestleMania main event. It's never gonna fucking headline a women's championship match. Come on. Nobody's gonna give a shit about fucking Doe Drop. Piper Niven, on the other hand, and have her go back to what she used to do, that is where we need to be. Same thing with Nikki Ash. We need Nikki Cross back. The reason why Nikki Ash is Nikki Ash, if you guys remember, because Karrion Cross was on the main roster and we couldn't have barely. He was another loser. Karrion Cross was on the main roster the same time as Nikki Cross, and Vince McMahon couldn't have two people with the same fucking last name on the roster. So we couldn't have Karrion Cross and Nikki Cross. We can have Karrion Cross and Nikki Ash. But yes, anything to strengthen the women's division. So no matter what they do here, there is always going to be a pro and a con. Yes, the pro here is getting Nikki back to being what she needs to be. Yes, the pro here is getting Doe Drop to drop that ridiculous name and give her also a slight character upgrade. But the con here is this is one of the only few tag teams, maybe the only other tag team, maybe the only tag team in the entire fucking company that is actually a legit tag team. So now you're breaking them up, and now you have no tag teams in the women's division outside of Bailey's group, outside of a Dakota and an EO. Now there's no tag teams. So yes, it needs to happen, but you're also taking away from the women's tag team division. Not really a good look with those titles still floating around. So we'll see what happens there. Austin Theory. He walked out with his briefcase in one hand and his cell phone in the other. He told fans to shut their mouths. He said everyone wanted to see him fail his cash-in, but he's still the youngest Mr. Money in the Bank in all of WWE history. He said when he gets knocked down, he gets back up, unlike the fans. He said Tyson Fury sucker-punched him, and he's still standing. That was one of my favorite parts of the entire Clash of the Castle show. That punch to Austin Theory was fucking great. He sold that shit like death. He said it's all beside the point because Reigns is still the champion. He said he's actually glad, though, because Drew McIntyre completely embarrassed himself in front of all his friends and family because he and Reigns still have some unfinished business. When he is cutting this promo, he's stumbling over his words and he's playing up the jaw. He's trying to align his jawline. He yelled that he will soon end Reigns two-year title reign as champion and he will soon be the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. No. Now, he's, uh, he's not cashing in successfully. Roman Reigns is not losing that championship title, that undisputed title to Austin Theory. No way. If it was for one title, I could see it. But both titles, no. Kevin Owens' music hits. Kevin Owens walked out. He's got a microphone in hand. He's been one of the bright spots of this entire show since Triple H has taken over. So he's out there. He asks, what's wrong with his jaw? Then he said with this, this smile and this, this delight in his voice, you got knocked the hell out. That's what happened. You got KO'd. Ha, ha, ha. See what I did there? That's good stuff, Owen says. You got KO'd. So the crowd started to chant along. You got KO'd. He joked that he found his first name again. So now we can all start calling him Austin. Austin Theory. Thank God. 
He said he despises arrogant, delusional people in this industry. Might have been a cheap shot at CM Punk. Kevin Owens took a cheap shot at CM Punk online last night after the media scrum was over. Kevin Owens is a very good friend of the Young Bucks and the Elite. Kevin Owens took a shot at CM Punk on Twitter last night after the scrum was over and after all the news of what had happened coming out of the AEW media scrum for All Out. He simply tweeted a picture of him and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania. Now, if you guys don't know the lore about that, that was going to be, or at least it was pitched, but it never came to fruition. It was supposed to be CM Punk and Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania all those years ago, and it never fully materialized into that dream match. They only did a sit-down, and they teased the match. It was for a fucking video game, I believe, and the match never came to be a reality. Kevin Owens... He made it a reality in 2022, and he brought Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's 55 years old, out of retirement, and he tweeted that picture to throw it back in CM Punk's face because CM Punk came off like a salty bitch during that post-show press conference for uh, All Out. So he says he despises arrogant and delusional people in the industry. I thought that was a cheap shot at Punk. He says he has had many of them walk through WWE and Austin Theory will not be the last one that they deal with. But he is right now at the top of his list. KO said Reigns or McIntyre would have destroyed him if he cashed in. Theory says he's just jealous because he hasn't won a title in years, whereas he is climbing the ladder of success and becoming Mr. Money in the Bank and the youngest United States champion of all time. He says he kind of feels bad for Owens But he said, when I win this title, I'm going to make you first in line for a shot at the title against him. Owens walked up the steps, and he said he was in the ring against Drew just a few weeks ago, and Drew McIntyre then couldn't beat him. He said 18 months ago, he had Roman Reigns beaten, and he should have been the universal champion. He said if it weren't for Jey Uso and Paul Heyman, he would have ended his monumental run six months in. He said Theory wouldn't have won money in the bank if Kevin Owens was a part of the Money in the Bank ladder match. He said he would have won, and he would have been the one to end Reigns' title reign. Theory said he's the hand-picked future of the business, whereas KO is working just to stay relevant. Kevin Owens says, I'll give you that. I do everything I can to stay relevant. That's why I'm so good. That's why I'm Kevin Owens, and that's why I got where I am today. He said Theory was the hand-picked future of WWE, but not anymore. So he called the referee down to the ring. He said, enough talking. Let's fight. Theory was up for it. We got Kevin Owens and Austin Theory on tonight's show. By far and away, this was easily the best thing on the entire show. I thought this was probably Austin Theory's best match in all of WWE so far. And we will see him get better with everybody he steps in the ring with. Austin Theory is going to continue to get better. And he will be stepping in the ring with Johnny Gargano. And that is going to bring out a different kind of Austin Theory, and make Austin Theory better than he was tonight against Kevin Owens. Austin Theory is the future of the business. I'm quite enjoying what Austin Theory is bringing to the table on Monday night, and WWE has not slowed down on his push. They realize they need to create. They they realize they need to mold for the future, and Austin Theory is that guy. Whether you like him or not, get used to it. Kevin Owens, on the other hand, I think Kevin Owens is probably one of the bright spots of all of WWE TV. That's Monday and Friday. I honestly think that Kevin Owens and the way 
Triple H has given him liberty on the microphone to get himself over to really reinvent his character and bring his character back to TV that we enjoyed in the early stages of his run, giving him in-ring time to show how good he is. Everything seemingly is working for KO, and he's getting genuine reaction. And this is going to continue to happen and continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger every time Triple H sends Kevin Owens out there to do what he did tonight, cut a promo and really back it up with a great 20-minute match. So I'm enjoying what they're doing with Kevin Owens. I really am. Now, I don't know where they go with Kevin Owens after this match because he did really bring out the best in Austin Theory, and he continues to win matches. He continues to look really, really strong on WWE TV. So this match went 17 minutes. Hot crowd. Everybody was into it. They got a lot of time, a lot of story. And this was all centered around Austin Theory's jaw, the one that Tyson Fury knocked the fuck out at Clash of the Castle. Theory jumped out of the ring right at the bell. He didn't want anything to do with KO right away. Took his jacket off. Owens went right after him, beat him around ringside. Had a little back-and-forth exchange before they got back in the ring. Owens regained control. Hit a big cannonball in the corner. Followed up with a big frog splash off the apron to Austin Theory. Theory was in control as we get back from a commercial break. He slowed the match down with a chin lock. The dreaded shinlock in WWE. So, Owens, he obviously fought his way out. Rock Theory with a couple of shots to that injured jaw. Followed up with a couple of clotheslines. He went for a swanton bomb off the apron, but Theory got his knees up. We go to another commercial break. Owens knocked Theory off the top rope and hit a swanton bomb in the middle of the ring, which looks beautiful for a near fall. Owens fought back with the super kick. Theory avoided a pop-up powerbomb, sent Owens right into the ring post. Theory recovered. He went for his finish, which he calls A-Town down. They brawled around ringside for a little bit. Theory sent Owens. This was the sickest spot of the entire night. Maybe one of the sickest spots of the entire wrestling weekend. Theory takes Owens, and the steel steps are positioned against the ring. He takes Owens by the back of his neck, the back of his hair. He fucking flings him neck and back first into the fucking stairs. They're, they're, the the front end of the stairs. They're all fucking ridged, right? Into the back of the steel steps. I don't know if his neck or the back of his head or if it was just his back. Kevin Owens is a meaty guy. Man, did that sound fucking brutal. That would have ended any normal man. Owens is laying out there after that. He's holding his neck. It looked ridiculous. Theory went back in the ring with Owens. Superplex. He went for a superplex. Owens countered that into the top rope. Fisherman Buster. Hit a pop-up powerbomb on Theory. Hit a stunner on Theory. And that was it. One, two, three. Kevin Owens gets a big victory over Austin Theory who's Mr. Money in the Bank and continues to lose as Mr. Money in the Bank. Now, I don't know where they're going with Kevin Owens. I put in my notes that, you know, obviously from where we started with Triple H taking over to where we are now, we're about six, seven weeks in, right? Seven weeks into Triple H's administration, Kevin Owens continues to look like one of the strongest characters being built on television. 
it's basically Triple, Triple H taking Kevin Owens that he molded it in NXT and he's rejuvenating this character that we loved on WWE TV over the last seven weeks. I don't know where we go, but I'm having a feeling that we're getting Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns again. And I get, I, I get that we all want to see Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos, but I honestly think they're going to do Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns first. And I think they're going to slow play this thing with Sami Zayn being kicked out of the bloodline. Now, I could be wrong. I could be, I could be wrong. Why do we need Sami Zayn in the bloodline when they just enlisted Solo Sokoa? Solo Sokoa joined Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle. He helped Roman Reigns retain the title of a Drew McIntyre. Why do we need Sami Zayn being an honorary Oos when they just added a real Oos to give them another solid act in the bloodline who fits in the bloodline because he's cousins with Roman Reigns and the brother of Jimmy and Jay Uso? Do we really need Sami Zayn? So we could see Sami Zayn booted out of the bloodline and we can get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos because the way I see it, that's what needs to happen. We didn't get any tag team championship contender crown tonight. Uso still don't have anybody, and that's the likely story that they're going to end up telling and the story that I want to have happen. But on the flip side of things, Roman Reigns doesn't have any challengers left. Now we're just going to start recycling challengers. Well, he does have challengers, but I don't think WWE is really going to go and do what we want them to do. AJ Styles is there. Kevin Owens could be a challenger. Bobby Lashley, right? They got opportunity. Edge is another one, even though we did that again. But they're not going to go and do that. He's basically slayed everybody. This is why there was such a huge outcry after Clash of the Castle, because I think, honestly, people are starting to get Roman Reigns fatigued. But if we get another Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns storyline and another Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns match, I'm not going to really sit here and say it's not a good idea because we know, we're in, we know that we're in for a certified bang. But I don't know where they're going. The seeds are being planted. He keeps talking about Roman Reigns. He's mentioned 18 months ago he could have beat Roman. You know, if he won money in the bank, he could have cashed in on Roman. We may be getting KO versus Roman Reigns at some point before we get Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens taking those tag team titles. So I don't know. I don't know. What would you guys do first? Survivor Series is right around the corner. I don't think Roman's going to be defending the title at Survivor Series. I think we're going to get some sort of four-on-four tag team match. Maybe at that point, maybe we get Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and whomever else wants to join in the battle against the bloodline against the bloodline at Survivor Series. I don't know where Triple H is going heading into Survivor Series. I would not do the champion versus champion matches. I would not. I would set up legitimate feuds set them up in four-on-four, or like I said, let's do war games because that would really, I guess, give the Survivor Series that Survivor portion of Survivor Series. I don't know. War games is my choice, but does Triple H go and do that? We don't know. KO versus Roman, we could get it. I don't know. KO and Sammy versus the Usos, we could get it. More than likely, we will. I don't know. There's a couple of different things that he has on the table that he can go and do. So the field is open for the bloodline. The field is open for Roman. When does Roman come back? He's not going to be at Extreme Rules. I don't know what the main event for Extreme Rules is going to be. We may get Drew McIntyre versus Karrion Cross at the fucking pay-per-view in the main event. We don't know. A lot of things are up in the air right now. But I guess that's a good thing because Triple H 
has always had a tendency to keep things unpredictable. I don't know. We'll see. Moving on. Backstage, we got Champa and Miz. Champa was giving Miz a pep talk. Schreiber approached Miz, startled him because he was working out with a stretch band. Miz says he's overcome persecution his whole career. He says he will stand over Lashley's limb body later and walk out as United States champion. Damage control. This is Bailey's new group. Dakota Kai, Bailey, and Io Shirai. They're out there, and they got an in-ring segment. Bailey called the crowd idiots. Ding dong. Hello, you stupid idiots. Gotta love Bailey. They bragged about their win at Clash of the Castle and said they will end the reign of <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez and uh, the uh, non-entity over there named Aaliyah. Bianca Belair came out and told Bailey she might have her minions, but she has her title belt. Unless it's one-on-one, and unless you got this belt, you're in control of nothing, she said. Bailey stepped up and walked around Belair, and she was surrounded by damage control. Sky and Kai then joined Bailey in leaving the ring. They kind of intimidated her, like a circle of sharks waiting to feast, but they didn't take a bite. So they left the ring. Bailey at ringside said she already beat Bianca and has nothing else to prove. She said she's still the same old Bianca Belair trying to play this Miss Perfect character all the time. She said her ego can't handle that one loss, and now she's going to challenge her to try and make it seem like it was a fluke. Bailey said it's not all about her because... They have bigger and better things to worry about. She said her girls are going to win the tag team belts next week. Don't worry, because if if and when I want that title, I'm going to get it. Dakota steps up one way, EO steps up, or another. So, Bailey is getting right back into the groove of things. If you guys remember, Bailey was a little rough around the edges, getting back there in front of a live audience on the microphone. She's really kind of coming into her own again as a heel with her girls, and it's great to see because we all love Bailey. She's got great body language. She's got great facial expressions. She's always had, you know, a great heel demeanor. She's just very enjoyable to watch. And this is going to be the next title match for Bianca Belair. It's definitely happening at Extreme Rules. They're not going to announce it yet. We got some time, but they're going to let the story play out. And Bailey pinned Bianca at Clash of the Castle in the six-woman tag team match. So that's obviously where they're going, and that set up. Bailey pinning Bianca is going to set Bailey up to be the number one contender against Bianca Belair while her girls go out and get the tag team titles. So we will see what happens. And, you know, again, it's up in the air. It is definitely up in the air. I don't know where they're going. I don't know how all this factors into Sasha Banks and Naomi coming back. A lot of things are iffy right now. I've been pitching for a women's war games match. That's also on the list of possible things to have happen. We could see war games for the women. We could see war games for the men. Depending on where Triple H wants to go, I don't know. I don't know. But one thing is for certain. One thing is for certain. EO and Dakota need to win those tag team titles next week. They did not mention anything about the illegal pin 
Dakota was not the legal woman. They didn't mention anything about that tonight. Or if they did, I missed it. But I don't think I heard anything about the illegal, you know, pin on Dakota Kai last week. Not one single peep. At all. So, I don't know what they're doing with the tag team title match next week, but I think we all are in a common understanding that Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez, they did mention it. They did mention it. I must have missed it then. Okay. They did. So, there you go. That's the, that's the grounds. That's the basis for the tag team title match. Let's fix it. Let's get the titles back on damage control. And that's it. That's it. There you go. I don't know why we needed that to have uh, have happened last week. We could we could have just gave the titles to them last week and not and not really get this match happening again because the first match wasn't all that great. But here we are. They need to fix that mistake and get those titles on Dakota Kai and Eo Sky, no doubt about it. Sarah Schreiber interviewed Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano was talking about theory. Theory mentioned that. Gargano's on Monday Night Raw, and now he's swimming with sharks. Gargano said, I've done my whole career swimming with sharks. He says he's accomplished a lot in NXT, but he has more to accomplish now that he's at Raw. He says he's excited to remind Theory and everyone what he's capable of. Theory walked in. He's all sweaty and broken and beaten up from Kevin Owens and said since he returned, all he's been doing is talking. Might as well just call you Johnny Talking. That one fell flat right on its face. I don't know why that was said. That was lame. Yeah, you talk, you call yourself Johnny Wrestling. We might as well call you Johnny Talking. No, thank you. Gargano says, well, you know, it's funny you say that because I was about to announce that next week I'm going to wrestle for the first time in nine months in my Raw debut next week. Gargano says he doesn't look good and should be careful. He walked away. Theory made faces at him. More than likely we're getting that match at the next pay-per-view. Rey Mysterio, he went one-on-one with Damian Priest. Priest had Balor, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic Mysterio in his corner. This wasn't bad. Continues the storyline of Rey Mysterio trying to get his son back on his side. They worked hard. They told a good story here. It was all about Mysterio's head not being there because he's so concerned about what Judgment Day is doing to cloud his son's mind, he's now manipulated, and Rhea Ripley has taken advantage of poor Dominic Mysterio. So Mysterio attacked Priest at the bell. Priest tried to go for South of Heaven's choke slam early on. Uh, Mysterio slipped out. Priest then took it to Mysterio with a big boot right to the face. Priest was in control, whipped Mysterio into the corner. He flew into the corner, missed the tackle, hit the ring post instead. Mysterio took advantage. Big kicks to Damian Priest. He followed up with a springboard crossbody. He went for some punches instead of going for the pin because he's angry. He wants to beat up Judgment Day. He's not even there for victory. He just wants to get revenge on Judgment Day. So Mysterio fought back with Priest. Now they're on the floor. He followed up with a sliding dropkick. Balor, Ripley, and Dominic all made their way to where Rey Mysterio was on the outside. Mysterio got distracted. He, uh... Dove off the apron uh, while they were trying to distract him. This distraction allowed Priest to catch Mysterio with a forearm coming off the ropes. Priest was in control with, you guessed it, folks, another chin lock. The fucking dreaded chin lock, man. How does WWE slow their matches down? 
with the chin lock. Awesome. I should get a fucking chin lock emote. Mysterio broke free. Kicked Priest in the head. He sent Priest back out to the floor. Hit a huge dive outside on top of Priest. Mysterio hit a senton into the ring. Followed up with a lion salt for two. He then looked over at Dominic and trapped Priest in the ropes. So he looked at Dominic and he was going to beat up his buddy now. Right in front of him. Priest dropped Mysterio on the corner instead. He went for a slam. Mysterio reversed that into a DDT. He then hit a Huron Karana on Priest off the top rope. That was nice looking for a near fall. Priest avoided the 619 that came next and took Mysterio's head off his shoulders with a kick right to the face. He went for the razor's edge, but Mysterio reversed. He went for another 619, but Dominic jumped on the apron to stop the 619. Mysterio stopped. He looked at his son. Ripley caused a distraction, allowing Priest from behind to turn Ray inside out with a wicked clothesline, followed up with the South of Heaven chokeslam, and that was it. Damian Priest gets the victory due to the Judgment Day and Dominic Mysterio, uh, all their help, and Mysterio gets another L here tonight by Judgment Day. Ripley noted that there's one more person to take care of. She then announced Dominic versus Edge will happen next week on Monday Night Raw. He said Dominic, uh, pre, uh, Ripley said, rather, uh, that Dominic is going to send Edge back into retirement and one-on-one next week. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Should be interesting with Edge wrestling on Monday Night Raw yet again in a span of just a few weeks. Sarah Schreiber, she interviewed Bobby Lashley backstage. He said... Miz is going to be standing across the ring from the only man he needs to be afraid of when those cage doors close. So we go with Schreiber again backstage with Matt Riddle. No Matt Riddle and no Seth Rollins on this show up until this segment. Backstage interview aired with Schreiber talking with Riddle in the locker room after his match. Riddle said Seth stomped his head into the ground at Clash of the Castle. He said he let his emotions get the best of him, and Seth took full advantage of it. He said he can say for sure is that he wants another rematch with Seth as soon as possible. Then they aired Schreiber telling Seth last night, or Saturday rather, that Riddle wants a rematch. He laughed, he took his sunglasses off, and he said he admired Matt Riddle for having guts. He said he has... Uh, already done what he said he was going to do. He said he had over 60,000 fans singing his song and then stomped Riddle's head into the mat twice. He says while he admired his guts and determination, a rematch is not in the cards. He said he's moving on to bigger and better things. You know, we could get the rematch with Rollins and Riddle at Extreme Rules, which I, I would assume that's going to happen, right? Even though Riddle lost clean. We could still get Riddle getting the one-up on Rollins via the Extreme Rules stipulation, have it be no DQ. I don't even know if I'd go that route. I really don't. Why not Rollins and Reigns for the World Championship? Is it too early to be talking about that? Or is it out of the realm of possibility, possibility to be talking about that? Rollins and Reigns for the World Championship. Here we are talking about KO or whoever else WWE wants to throw in Roman Reigns' way 
You know, I don't know how long he's going to hold that championship. It's seemingly looking like he's going to hold that championship until WrestleMania. But what about Rollins? Are we going to get the title, the WWE title anyway, back on Monday Night Raw? That's what I need to see. I, I, I say it every week, seemingly every week. The Monday Night Raw brand needs a world championship. If Roman Reigns is not going to show up on Monday Night Raw, we desperately need to get the Monday Night Raw brand back with a world championship. Bobby Lashley's great. The United States Championship could be given all the spotlight that it needs. Is it going to be a world championship? No. You're never going to replace the world championship. Ever. No matter who's holding the United States Championship. But maybe we should start talking about Seth Rollins. Maybe we should start talking about a way for Rollins to say, you know what, I worked my ass off on this brand. This is my show. We don't have a fucking world championship. I want Roman Reigns to come on this show and defend the fucking WWE title. I said this on Saturday. I said this on Saturday. I'm going to say it again. You know, I've given Seth Rollins a very, very hard time over the last few years. And not because of the work that he's done. It was basically because of creative. But if you look at Rollins this year and what he's done, he's lost every single time on pay-per-view this year outside of a DQ victory against Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble back in January. You have asked Seth Rollins to go out there and do everything that you need him to do, and he's done it with nothing but sheer brilliance. He's put over Cody not once, not twice, but three times. One with a fully torn pectoral muscle. You ask him to go in there and build a feud with Matt Riddle. You keep him off of SummerSlam, and you want a better story and a bigger story, a more intense story to take place at Clash of the Castle, so you leave him off the second biggest show of the entire year. And now he's looking at a Monday Night Raw brand that he is a part of, that he leads, and there's no fucking world champion. If you ask me, you want to talk about Seth Rollins, I think it's time to start paying respect to Seth Rollins. Not only is he doing the best character work of his entire career, the in-ring work is living up to being probably one of the very best in the entire sport. And the most important thing about Seth Rollins is that he's become the most selfless individual in all of the WWE. I haven't heard one report. I haven't seen one inkling of a fucking complaint from this man. He just goes out there and he's happy to work and happy to prove to everybody that he's one of the very best in the world without a single fucking complaint. So I ask, when are we going to give Seth Rollins what he rightfully deserves? Now, to me, the story is obviously Cody and Roman. You're asking me, you put a gun to my head, what's the biggest story that you want to be told going into WrestleMania, JD? Cody and Roman. Cody wins the world championship. Cody wins the WWE championship. Fuck the universal title. Cody wins the WWE championship from Roman Reigns. That's the story I want. But if we're not going to go and do that, I don't know what better that you can do or whoever you have else on the roster, what, what else you could do better than Seth Rollins. If we ain't doing Cody and Roman, then Seth Rollins winning the world championship and Cody winning the Royal Rumble is the second best option, obviously, for Cody to win the WWE Championship. And even then, you're asking Seth Rollins to continue to carry the Monday Night Raw brand, be the world champion, only to ultimately drop it back to Cody and ask him to be selfless once again for the sake of better long-term booking.
I think we need to start paying respect to Seth Rollins. Seriously. Maybe we do Seth and Roman. He wants bigger and better things. What more does he have to prove against Matt Riddle? What? Nothing. We don't need a second match. Why do we need a second match with Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle? Matt Riddle lost clean. He lost because of his own anger. We don't need a second match. Rollins has nothing to prove. You want bigger and better. There's no bigger and better than Roman. That's what we need. Time for Rollins to take that title back to Monday Night Raw, and that's where you go and tell that story. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And if you want Roman to remain Universal Champion going into WrestleMania, and we don't get The Rock, I'm having Cody win the Royal Rumble and challenge Roman Reigns, and that's the story you tell. Maybe maybe we get Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. We get Matt Riddle winning the WWE title against Seth Rollins. I don't know. But all I know is we need the WWE title back on Monday Night Raw. I don't give a fuck who's challenging for the title or what the story is, what the long-term booking plan is for whoever going into WrestleMania. We need the title back on Monday Night Raw. Enough of this unified or undisputed championship. It ain't working. It ain't working. Next week, they hyped up Gargano wrestling. Who he's wrestling, I don't know. Dominic versus Edge. Dakota Kai and Io Scott challenging Rodriguez and Aaliyah for the tag team titles. That is scheduled for Monday Night Raw. In the main event, Bobby Lashley versus The Miz. He's there with Tommaso Ciampa, who got his first name back tonight. Great. Those edicts by Vince McMahon going away slowly but surely. U.S. title match here went 14 minutes inside a steel cage. Why did we get a steel cage match? No rhyme or reason why we got a steel cage match. Triple H wants to continue making the United States Championship look like the title on the show. They want to continue building Bobby Lashley as a dominating monster. And to be quite honest with you, I think this steel cage match was made basically for the sole reason of the visual that we got with Dexter Loomis in the steel cage with The Miz at the end of the show. So, they had a decent steel cage match. I mean, nothing was... uh, Overly exciting here. I mean, at the end of the day, it's the fucking Miz. And WWE steel cage matches really aren't anything special nowadays, especially with Bobby Lashley and the Miz being in there. So, you know, the steel cage stipulation, it's it's supposed to keep people out. It's supposed to keep interference to a minimum. You know, all these steel cage matches in any promotion, it's just not WWE, it's just any promotion, they always defy the fucking logic of a steel cage. You're giving me a steel cage match, it's supposed to keep the two guys in, and that's it. Meanwhile, there's always some added bullshit in these steel cage matches. So, Champa interfered throughout the match, Dexter Loomis distracted The Miz... Finish wasn't really uh, all that exciting with Dexter Loomis, but we'll get there. They did the the ring introductions. Miz took advantage early as the bell rang, jumped Lashley before the bell. Miz and Champa dragged Lashley out of the ring and beat him down. Champa trapped Lashley's arm in the cage, and Miz hit it with the steel steps. We go to commercial break. The match was obviously ongoing through the commercial. Miz scored a near fall, tried to escape the cage. Lashley pulled him back in and tried to climb out, but his arm gave out. Miz recovered. 
hit the it kicks on Bobby Lashley, goes for a near fall. So, Champa, he started to attack Lashley's injured arm with the chair. So now we're back in the ring. Miz tried to escape, like I said. Lashley fired up, hit a belly-to-belly suplex. He tossed Miz into the cage and scored a two counts off of the belly-to-belly. Lashley set up for the spear. Miz tried to escape out the door. Champa tried to pull him out since this is no DQ. Lashley pulled Miz back in and tried to escape. Champa grabbed the chair, hit the cage. Lashley jumped down, and Miz hit a running knee for a near fall. We go to another commercial break. Miz caught Lashley in a crossface. Lashley stood up and threw Miz into the cage. Lashley wanted a spear, but Miz avoided it. He tried to escape. Lashley cut him off. Champa once again interfered and tried to help, but this time it didn't work. Lashley gave Miz a superplex. Lashley missed a spear. Following up here, he hit the cage. Miz followed up with a skull-crushing finale for a near fall. Miz then tried crawling out of the cage door, but Lashley grabbed his legs. Lashley tried walking out of the door, but Champa tried to slam it in his face. Instead, Lashley locked the door and hit Champa. Miz attacked Lashley from behind. He then hit Lashley with the cage door several times. Lashley appeared to be knocked out, but was blocking the door. Miz then climbed over the cage and it was about to escape and win the United States title. All of a sudden, he's over the top and he's looking down, you know, trying to climb out step by step. All of a sudden, he looks down and Dexter Loomis is laying on the mat outside halfway under the ring, looking directly up at the Miz. So he's looking at him with this fucking faceless expression. He's looking up at him. Miz got freaked out. He climbed back into the ring to not go out. So this is how this is how stupid the Miz is. This is how illogical this entire situation was. Now, if the Miz really wanted to be the United States champion, Dexter Loomis is laying there. All he had to do was fucking climb down the cage and jump and win the United States Championship. So what the Miz does is he gets so freaked out, he climbs back into the ring, doesn't want to win the United States Championship. He jumps back into the ring with Lashley now coming to his senses. And Lashley took advantage of this, speared the Miz because he was distracted by Loomis. One, two, three, that's it. Again, I, I don't know. I don't know who booked this shit, man. Did Bruce Pritchard take over Monday Night Raw for the evening because Triple H was celebrating Labor Day? After the match, Loomis climbed back into the cage. Miz tried leaving out the door. Lashley shut it. Loomis then choked out Miz and petted his head as Monday Night Raw came to a close. They didn't mention anything about why Loomis is attacking the Miz. They didn't mention anything about how Loomis got in the building. They didn't mention anything about how Loomis got underneath the ring. They didn't mention anything about the overturned vehicle that we saw in the Miz's segment with Champ at the beginning of the show, which, to me, had nothing to do with Loomis. It had everything to do with Braun Strowman because that was the segment that immediately followed that, right? I don't know. We're going to need some answers to this Dexter Loomis story because now it's... You know, happening weekly, and it's nothing more than the same shit. What is going on with Loomis? How is he getting in the building? Is he working with somebody? I'm still sticking to my guns. I'm going to say Tommaso Ciampa is working with Dexter Loomis, and I think Ciampa is the one 
who's aiding Loomis, getting him in the building and attacking the Miz and doing everything to separate himself from the Miz. That's what I think is going on here. I don't know who else could be helping him. Unless it's Johnny Gargano and Johnny Gargano was going heel and we get some version of the way formed on Monday Night Raw with Loomis, Gargano, and Champa. I don't know. I honestly think that Champa is letting Loomis run wild and Champa is the guy that is aiding Loomis get to the Miz at every given opportunity. I don't know. I don't know. Monday Night Raw, you know, I expected better from Triple H. I really did. I, I really, I really did. Tonight I expected better because for two reasons. Number one, it's Labor Day. You know, typically WWE with these holiday shows, they don't really put much effort into it because nobody's really watching it. Everybody's out partying. Everybody's out celebrating. Everybody's enjoying their fucking, you know, last day of the summer, right? And everybody goes back to work. Everybody goes back to the office tomorrow. And nobody's watching. They're out drinking. They're on the beach. They're fucking at their beach houses. Whatever. And nobody's watching Monday Night Raw. That does not mean you are allowed to take a vacation. You are putting on live television with a sold-out crowd in Kansas City. You got to give us just as good television that you gave us in the first couple of weeks of you taking over creative. doesn't give you the fucking excuse to say, hey, you know what? Nobody's watching the show. We'll just skimp on this, and we'll attack this next week. Now next week, you got Monday Night Football. What are you going to do then? You're going to make that an excuse? Oh, nobody's watching Monday Night Raw. They're all watching Monday Night Football. We're not going to get a 2.1 rating that we got like we got two weeks ago. We're going to be more 1718. Are you going to use that as an excuse to put on half-assed television because everybody's watching the football game on Monday night? Excuses, excuses, excuses. I don't get it. Monday Night Raw was a very, very skippable show tonight. It was. If you didn't watch Monday Night Raw, you missed nothing. I appreciate you guys joining me, though, on your Labor Days. I appreciate you very much. And we are going to get into the Super Chats, as always. Hit that thumbs up, guys. A thousand minimum. You guys touched it. You reached it. Now we need 1,500 minimum. That's the new goal. For every like, for every like, you guys are telling me that you don't want to board the Stroman Express. So if you don't want to be on the Stroman Express, you have to th hit the thumbs up. Tell me. Voice your displeasure about the Stroman Express pulling into the Monday Night Raw train station. Tonight's show sponsored by Audible. Gotta love Audible, man. Gotta love, not Audible. Audible, what the fuck about Audible? Honey. Tonight's show sponsored by Honey, man. Join honey.com slash off the scripts. I don't know about you guys, man, but I like shopping online. I do. Bought my, uh, my little Bacardi and my little Bailey some new cat toys, man. New cat box, litter box, new bed lately. Did you guys know Bacardi is uh, looking good, man? She is as healthy as healthy could be after taking her to the vet, man. Early, early, early onset of kidney disease. I want to make sure that she is loved and comfortable and she's good to go, man. So I splurged. 
bought her a new cat box, some new toys, all possible with Honey Man. I saved some money for Bacardi and Bailey using Honey. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Honey supports over 30,000 stores online. They range from sites that have tech, gaming products, to fashion brands, even food delivery. So imagine you're shopping online, one of your favorite websites. When you go to check out, the Honey button drops down, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Basically it. You wait a few seconds, Honey's going to scour the internet, find coupons for that site. It's going to find a working coupon, and you're going to watch the prices drop when you're shopping online. Like I said, I bought a bunch of stuff for my fur babies. Always make them happy by using Honey. I make myself happy by using Honey because I'm saving some money. Honey's found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And if you don't have Honey, you're straight up missing out. It's easy. It's free. It installs in seconds. And by getting it, you're doing yourself a favor because you're saving some money. And you're doing me a favor because you're supporting the podcast. I'd never recommend anything I don't use. Get Honey for free. Join Honey.com slash off the scripts. I want to thank them once again for joining me tonight and sponsoring the podcast right here on OTS. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Uh, We got Michelle Moran with two two $2 Super Chats. So much for rebuilding the tag team division, Triple H. Dom looking sharp tonight, JD. Should help him grow. I hope so. I hope so, Michelle. And that tag team uh, division is looking fucking pathetic after what they did tonight. Tony Brown with a 499 Super Chat. Bianca, cakes were risen perfectly. Tony Brown, there was a lot of booty meat in the last 48 hours, bro. Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, Bianca Belair, Bailey, EO. Got some nice booty meat for you tonight, Tony Brown. Good for you, man. Sidro. $5 Super Chat. My wife compared our sex to a wrestling match. She said it was no holes barred. Sidra, we're going a little uh, a little rated uh, TV 17 here tonight, huh? I don't know, bro. Jesse's going to have to deduct the taco rating from that one. JC720 with a $20 Super Chat. Thank you, brother. 20 in Super Chat. Hey, JD, tonight's Raw was good, not great, but I'm watching and didn't mute or turn the channel. So glad Edge went to the medical facility and not the hospital. Strowman means less Omas, right? WTF. I hope so. I'm going to laugh my ass off if everybody that wants Strowman back is happy that Strowman's back. And one of the things we get is Strowman versus Omas. I'll do the review in a fucking... I'll do the review with a goddamn paper bag over my fucking head. Sidro! Final Super Chat. I just made my new wrestling name. My name is Off in Church. Because no one beats off in church. 
I told you, Sidro, you're going TV 17 tonight, bro. What's going on? Sex jokes, beating off. Today, I saw a midget wrestler climbing down a prison wall. I thought to myself, that's a little con descending. Jesse. Jesse, we, we may need to kick Sidro out of the venue, bro. I, I, uh, I didn't believe you at first, bro, but uh, we, we may need to get him out of here. Thank you, Sidro. He's making the venue laugh. That's all that matters to me. Sidro is making the venue laugh. That's all that matters to me, man. Ruben Barber with a $5 super chat. Keep up the great work, JD. Long live OTS. My birthday is coming up this Wednesday. What are you guys drinking? Ruben, I need something that's going to get me through the rest of the night and have me sleeping easy tonight, man. I'm exhausted. Brandon Hill with a $100 super chat. Brandon Hill with a $100 super chat. JD, keep up the good work. You are the true undisputed king. Of the IWC, keep up the great work, brother. Cheers to you, Brandon. Thank you so much, man. Gotta love the support, guys. You guys are incredible. Sidro. He's got more jokes than Sidro. Final Super Chat. Did you hear the Japanese sumo wrestling team lost to a group of prison inmates? I guess the cons outweighed the pros. Okay, Sidro. I think I like that one best out of all of them so far. $2 Super Chat from James told everyone of you marks tonight. Show sucked. Yes, it did, bro. Tonight was not a good show. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Well, Champa got his first name back. That's a plus. Yes. It definitely is a plus, bro. Sidro. Fight all Super Chat. I watched this awesome show called Origami Wrestling yesterday. It was on... Paper view. Sidro with a five dollar super chat. Last one, maybe. LOL. Once you start making jokes about wrestling, that's when you know you've hit rock bottom. Yeah, yeah, Sidro. Listen, bro. I don't know what you've been drinking at the bar, bro. But uh, I'm gonna need you to somebody flag him, please. Somebody flag Sidro. All right, cut him off. Thank you.
I know, Sidra. I may, I, may I may have to get ready like Rage. Uh, Rage Rage is usually uh, at the bar just drowning her sorrows in whatever she's uh, drinking there. I, I may have to dump you. I, I may have to dump you, bro. I'm sorry. Kyle Billings with a $5 super chat. I feel like Triple H is doing a slow burn transition, and I don't think that is needed. Just want him to do what he wants to do ASAP. Maybe that's just me. Bro, there's going to be some stinkers, and there's going to be some good shows, man. It's the norm. I think after all the wrestling weekend, man, we we had to expect, you know, one stinker. And unfortunately, that stinker was Monday Night Raw tonight. James with a $5 super chat. Any VIP that I missed all out, PM me on Insta or Twitter. VIPs only. I'll be looking at them. Green names and Mike icons. P.S. JD, PM me about your drink. Yes, I got to do that, bro. I got I to gotta get an address for you, man, because uh, uh, I don't have a P.O. box. So I got to I gotta get you a uh, proper mailing address. Filthy Slimes with a $4.99 Super Chat. I've never been a fan of Braun, but that pop he got was crazy. Keep up the good work, though, JD. Big fan. Yes, the pop was crazy, bro, because it was his first time back in over a year. When did they let him go? He, he's been fired for what? Over a year for sure, right? So, like I said, you could have put anybody in that spot and they would have got that same reaction. Sidro, with a $5 super chat, what's a wrestling chef's signature move? A suplex. All right, Sidro, we're getting better, bro. You're heating up. All right, instead of both feet out the door, you got one foot out the door now, bro. You're heating up, all right? Filthy Slimes with the 499 Super Chat. They really brought Braun back for his specialty. Flipping cars, running people over, and burying the tag team division single-handedly. You love to see it. I thought tonight's uh, creative for Braun Strowman was pathetic. I thought it sucked. No super, no super for you, right? That uh, Seinfeld episode, right? No super for you, Sidra. MGM balling with a 499 super chat. I wasn't in the venue when Braun was still around, so I'm looking forward to the impersonations. Omega Kong with a $10 super chat. I think Triple H said, I killed it in UK. I killed it in NXT. I deserve a vacation and relaxing in the Hamptons. At least we'll be back next week. Hope you got your rest, JD. What an eventful weekend. Bro, I'm I'm nearing my end, bro. I still have a couple of pinnacle drops to uh, complete in my destiny week, but outside that, I'm going right to bed after that's done. MGM balling with a 499 super chat. All joking aside, him saying I'm not finished with you and tipping the ambulance was a great moment. Missed that version of Braun and they ruined it. Yes, they did. They absolutely ruined it because they didn't have any creative vision for him and they kept doing the same thing over and over again. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. CM Punk is becoming an EO maniac like Hulk Hogan. Bro, I don't know what's going on there. I want to believe that's a work, but I don't know what to believe anymore. 
Go Dogs with a three-month recommitment. Thank you, Go Dogs. Hey, JD, who is your Mount Rushmore of best WWE champions? Mine is Hogan, Rock, Austin, and Bret Hart. That's a tough one, bro. Um, I'd probably say Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Undertaker, and Rock. Uh, and Rock, yeah. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. JD, favorite underrated Undertaker match? Mine is Brock Lesnar, Hell in a Cell at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view in 2015. Underrated Taker match? I don't know, man. You got to go back and uh, go watch the uh, really early matches of Mick Foley and Undertaker as Mick Foley is Mankind. I think they had, uh, I think they wrestled. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. I believe they might have wrestled at the 1996 King of the Ring. A match that does not get talked about enough in the epic feud of Undertaker and Mankind. DWA Dirty Dano with a three-month membership. MWO equals Maxwell's World Order should be the name of his group. MWO versus VWO. Who wins? OTS for life. OTS Warriors. Sidro is funny. The Maxwell World Order? I don't know, bro. I'd like to think. Honestly, I'd like to think that we are headed towards a... Trying to find a song to play here. Um, I want to believe we're headed towards Tony Khan's vision of a new world order takeover. I want to believe that. I just, I, I just don't believe Tony Khan just allowed CM Punk to say all of that, which led to the fucking backstage brawl that supposedly happened. I mean, I don't understand it. Cut the mic off. Get rid of him. Tell him to go home. He just let CM Punk just walk all over everybody. It's like he doesn't give a shit. GS Smooth 84 with a $10 super chat. It leaves no message. Smooth, thank you so much, brother. Christian Vega with a new membership. Christian, what are you drinking, bro? Jabril Mohammed with a 499 Super Jack. Who do you think is having a better 2022 so far? Rollins, Moxley, or Reigns? Moxley. Jaxo with a 999 Super Chat. Thank you, Jaxo. Why the fuck did they bring in Braun Strowman? It absolutely does nothing, and those tag team titles are being taken off of Aaliyah and Raquel and being put on Eon Dakota. Also, Dom needed the heel turn. Yes. I don't know why they brought back Braun Strowman, man. Braun Strowman was somebody that I would not even have bothered with, to be honest with you. Wild Stallions with a $5 Super Chat. Why did Braun have a bloody nose? He wanted to make a statement and fell short at a period. 
Listen, Stallions, I appreciate the effort, bro, but we already have enough comedians in the venue, okay? We already have enough comedians in the venue, bro. I appreciate the effort, though, and thank you for the fight offs. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. JD, can we get a... Uh... Can we get a... Sidro... Sidro... Shiro... Or maybe, yes, when he, when he gets bad jokes, I'll say, Shitro. I don't know. Much love, JD. Thank you, Ricardo. Christy Wilson with a 199 Super Chat. Not a bad Raw tonight. Christy, it was bad. It was bad. Kal-El with a $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD, let me get a... Braun Omas remix with an Android voice. What's up with these crazy ass jokes? I've still not watched WWE yet. Still not convinced yet, but I did watch the Roman and Drew match. All right, Kalel wants a Android voice. Braun and Omas. Mixed with the Android voice. This is stupid I don't know how that came out. There you go. I gotta give the people what they want, right? My name is Charlotte Flair. I will be back on television to permanently infect your television screens. My name is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and my main influence is Charlotte Flair. The Visionary with a 499 Super Chat. Can I get a shush? Shush, please. Sidro. Five dollar super. All right, last one. My friend used to be and my friend used to be addicted to mud wrestling. He's six months clean now. Shidro. Much love, Tribal Chief. Raw will be better next week. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Well, not with Strowman there. Nate. Nate, the head of Talent TV with two-month membership. Thank you, bro. Rage told me to tell you Braun Strowman is the Bret Hart of our generation, and Omas versus Braun would be five stars. Uh, Rage has been kicked out of the venue by Otis. She's yelling from the sidewalk, and she's deterring fine patrons from entering this beautiful establishment. 
I may have to dump it. Kal-El with a $2 super chat. In my Roman voice, IWC. Acknowledge JD and Mustangs. Better believe it, bro. DJ is Isra. 199. Do you think toxic attraction to the main roster? Yes, eventually. And Dirty Dano with a 199 super chat. MJF and Big Cass are outsiders and Punk is like Hulk. Bro, I'm telling you, man, I, I have a feeling this is going to be that version of the NWO, man. It, it really. Spontane22 with a $10 super chat. Everybody thinks that Drew, Cody, or The Rock should be Roman Reigns, but there's one person who's been working his ass off. This person represents the It's and none other than JD bring home the gold and end Roman. Bro, I can't end Roman, man. But I'll tell you what. Everybody in the community is the twos. I'm the ones. Basically it. Guys, I'm about to get out of here. I appreciate you all for uh, stopping by tonight. We had fun. We had fun. We had fun making Brunner Braun Strowman. The visionary with a 499 super chat. He says, My precious, my little Albertses. <laughs> I got to get the fuck out of here, man. I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta get out! I appreciate you guys very much, man. I will be back tomorrow with NXT, man. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I may, uh, I may do an extra tomorrow on the CM Punk stuff. We got late-breaking news on it. Something broke tonight, I think. Just an update on what had happened and who got into a fight and who threw a chair at somebody and apparently Ace Steel bit Kenny Omega. That's ah, so fucking ridiculous. So fucking ridiculous, man. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. We got another $5 super chat by Ricardo Linnell. I would pay money to see JD appear on other podcasts and just say, Fightful, acknowledge me. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Listen, man. Give me the fucking guitar emojis in the chat. 
Give me the Mustang emojis in the chat. Thank you guys so very much for joining me here on off the scripts. Anyway, I love you. I'll see you Tuesday for NXT. Maybe an extra tomorrow. We'll see. And I need that music on Max. I'll see you guys tomorrow, man. Thank you for everything. Thank you for a great weekend. And I'll see you on Tuesday for NXT, man. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.